This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Shaping our community. This is Moose Talks with your host, Doug Craig on Moose FM. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us today. A little later on, we're going to be talking to Pollyann Codilla with the Youth Advisory Council. Uh, they've got a great event coming up next week, and of course, they appear often at the city council meetings to talk about a few things. So, really looking forward to that. To get us started, though, uh, up first, Allison Noble, the president and CEO of the BC Games Society joins us now. How's it going today, Allison? Oh, it's going great. Excellent. Uh, I see uh, we were kind of talking off air before. You have been to Fort St. John several times now, kind of as the process of the uh, games being set up and planned Mm -hmm. uh, has been going on. I mean, why don't we start with that? When did this process start for Fort St. John? Well, there's a bidding process that Fort St. John entered into, which we have every four years for Mm -hmm. the BC Summer and BC Winter Games. So they would have bid on these games and been awarded them about um, three years out from hosting the games. Okay. And then uh, the the board and uh, the city uh, begin to become developed about two years out. Mm -hmm. And then its um, work starts for the the volunteer board. Wonderful. All right. Well, I want to go a little bit further back from kind of beyond when we were kind of hosting it at this point. I mean, how long has the BC Games in general been going on? Started in 1978. Okay. And we've had summer and winter games going for that for that period of time. Mm-hmm. And uh, we move it around the province as much as possible. When communities bid on the games, we're hoping to get a full representative group from across the province. I see. So the communities will, you'll kind of put it out there that we're looking for hosts for this game. I think you said kind of four years kind of ahead of time or three years. Uh, and then... Uh, how does that bidding process work? Is it they say, this is what we're going to do, how we're going to pull it off, this sort of thing, and you say, that's great, and then another community kind of offers up sort of the same ideas, uh, maybe done in a different way? Yes, it's we're right now in the middle of a... Uh, um, uh, promoting for our 2024 and 2026 games. Mm-hmm. So those bids have gone out to the community. And the way it works is we have a comprehensive bidding package. So that's sent out to all the mayors across the, the province. Okay. All the parks and rec re- representatives and uh, the um, regional districts as well. So they get this bidding package and within it, it is basically a step-by-step process on how to submit a bid. And we have parameters that they need to respond to and um, guidelines that they need to fall in with. And then they put their best foot forward. I see. Is there a minimum like population size that an area maybe has to have for them to be able to bid? Or is it more about the infrastructure that they can, in order to kind of put on the games that has to be there? Or, or is it both? It is actually both. We single out over 6,000 as a population base, so okay. communities of over 6,000. That being said, we are also promoting co-bids, so mm-hmm. communities, uh, smaller communities can 
come together and put a, a collective bid forward because we do want to ensure that all sizes of communities have that opportunity. I see. So, for instance, you could see Dawson Creek and Chetwin co-bidding so that some of the things happen in a community like Chetwin that's only like 2,700 people or so. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and, and it, then to your, your point earlier, it comes down to infrastructure. So, you know, the size is, is important, but there is an infrastructure where venues are needed and they, they need to meet that criteria. Okay. Now, I, I sort of, because the Olympics, when we, you know, is sort of a similar situation, this uh, obviously on a much larger scale, uh, when when uh, cities bid for them, do they have to have the infrastructure in place or are they like, we're working on building this thing in order to get the games in? Will that Would that factor into a bid or do you, do you kind of have to say, well, they already have to have the thing in order for us to be interested in bringing it to the city? Well, we have a list of core sports, and so okay. the communities need to respond on what their status is for hosting those core sports for either summer or winter games. If there is a plan within the, the city uh, future that they are going to build something in infrastructure, a letter of intent to not notify that in terms of timeline and when things would be completed. But there is a, a definitely a core sport approach where they need to be able to respond on how they would host this number of sports. I see. Is it all the sports that, for example, we're seeing in the BC Winter Games here in Fort St. John, or is it there's a certain number of them that have to be available and then other ones are sort of like cake? <laughs> is that kind of how it works? Or? Well, we have a, a, a process that our provincial sport organizations enter into where they actually request to be included in the BC Games mm -hmm. either summer or winter. Right now we're at capacity, so we aren't really in a position to accept new sports. I see. But after every Games where there's an evaluation and a, a, a review with each sport to find out how the Games worked for them and how we see them using the Games as they're in their developmental model, and some games choose to some sports choose to leave the games because it doesn't meet their needs anymore, and mm -hmm. other sports want to come into the games. So, it is a process that they they need to apply to, and we need to keep it um, comprehensive and robust for those reasons. Okay, well, we've touched on the process kind of in general already, but uh, I'm, I hope you could tell us a bit at least about this. How was Fort St. John chosen, and and why? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. There was, uh, they were in the bidding cycle that we um, had previous to this one, mm -hmm. and there were four communities that were bidding for the games, and they put their best foot forward for this particular year, and a lot goes into that decision making as a lot goes into the bid, because mm -hmm. some communities choose a year because it fits with their anniversary, or they choose a year because they know they're going to have some infrastructure in their community and they want to, to host during that time. So. It's really each bid is quite unique in mm -hmm. how they put their their uh, their community forward, and uh, Fort St. John. It's just great to be up in the north again. We haven't had the games up here in a while, and it's great that a community like this, twenty thousand strong, is is hosting these games. All right, so it's not just I guess a cold sort of statistical and an analytical approach. There's kind of a story mm -hmm. that has to be told, and that the city wants to tell. And that can be intriguing for mm -hmm. you, for mm -hmm. the people put it, who decide on where the bid will go, I suppose. Eh? Yeah, very much so. I mean, there, there needs to be a spirit behind the bid, mm -hmm. and there needs to be, um, definitely they need to make the, make the check boxes, and they need to meet the criteria. But if there is a wonderful story to be told, be it an, an anniversary or something very special in the community, 
um, that will we'll factor in and one that uh, that we'd really like to, if all else is equal, we'd like to look at, at that as well. That's fascinating. And I think you touched on this before as well. You try to spread it out as much as possible because I, I don't know if this happens, but I can imagine there are cities who maybe bid basically every time. Like, yeah, we'd like this to keep coming back here every year, but you're like... We want to see this move around the province so it's representative of the province rather mm-hmm. than always in the lower mainland or always in the north or, or what have you. Absolutely. We we love it when communities from truly around the province bid to, mm-hmm. to host the games. Uh, a, a wonderful byproduct often of the games is the sport development that happens when the games leave town. Mm-hmm. So if we are in a community like Fort St. John and they don't have, for example, a biathlon club, the sport of biathlon comes into the games all of a sudden there's some interest ignited in the community is there a chance that a biathlon club can be a legacy after the games? so if we don't move it around the province we don't have those opportunities man i've heard that the, there might be there might be a biathlon club that outlives this games which is just wonderful because games come they develop the infrastructure for it and then, well, we can have a club now, everyone, because we had a good reason to make this happen. So that's wonderful. Yeah. I, how many games have you attended? Oh, well, <laughs> probably close to 15. Oh, wow. No, again, that's summer and winter. Do you, do you go to everyone when they're, they're kind of happening? Yes, yes. Okay. So there's a staff team and there's uh, responsibilities across the board, but we all try and have representation in the community as it's being hosted. That's wonderful. And they're every two, kind of two years, right? So Correct. you have a winter, summer, winter, that sort of Correct. thing, right? Well, given that you've been to so many games, is there something about them that you most look forward to seeing? Uh, maybe something, uh, the character of the games or of the town that's sort of putting them on? What what is it you most like and take away from each kind of games as it happens and after you leave and you're reflecting on it? Well, the beauty of these games, because it does go to all the different communities, is everyone is unique. Uh, so each one, as you said, has a story attached to it, and mm-hmm. that story sometimes evolves as the games are unfolding. Uh, for something like Fort St. John, the community spirit here has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And they have have just, everybody wants to support, everybody wants to be involved, and that's really quite heartwarming when you see a community come together like that. Um, and, and other communities do it in different ways, but that's certainly what's resonated for us in this community is just the strong community support. I see. And uh, when you're at the games, do you get to just attend the games or do you still have things you have to be doing while you're here? <laughs> yeah, well, our team is, is busy behind yeah. the scenes. It's very much a volunteer-driven organization where the, the people on the ground in the community are, are making a lot of the decisions. Mm-hmm. But we're there to support. We're there to help them. We're there to take away any of those obstacles that might be getting in their way of their enjoyment of their role. So there's uh, just a fair amount of just tending that happens mm-hmm. over the course of, of the games. Um, but uh, as we encourage all of the volunteers, it's just really important to actually get out and watch the sports because that's really what it's all about. Absolutely. And if you sort of uh, can experience that, it, uh, it really brings the, the heart and soul of the games back. All right. Uh, final question for you. Is there a sport that you're kind of nuts about that you're most looking forward to watching while you're here in this games? 
There's so many in the Winter <laughs> Games and and so many facilities that are wonderful to see. And you had mentioned Biathlon, which is uh, a beautiful facility that they've created the Biathlon course on. Saw wheelchair basketball yesterday, saw wonderful. ring it. So, so there's a wonderful selection, mm -hmm. and that's the part that, that we love about both Summer and Winter Games is that there is this wide variety of sports to experience and that showcases our, our youth. Absolutely. So you're going to go to kind of a bit of everything while you're here if you can. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. All right, Allison. Well, we really appreciate uh, you taking time out of your schedule to come here and talk to us today about this. Great. Thank you very much. You're very welcome. It's Allison Noble, the president and CEO of the BC Games Society. We'll be right back uh, talking about the Youth Advisory Council right here on Moose Talks. Jandel Homes' newest show homes have arrived. What? Or download the podcast at energeticcity.ca. Welcome back to Moose Talks. We're joined now by Paul Leanne Codilla. I hope I said that right. And uh, Naomi, they're here to talk about the Youth Advisory Council and their upcoming Youth Changing Tomorrow event taking place next uh, week on February 27th. How's it going today, guys? Pretty good. Good. I'm very good. Thank you so much for stopping by. So... I thought we'd start first of all, for people who don't know, what is the Youth Advisory Council, Naomi? The Youth Advisory Council was put together, council wanted a better way to connect with the youth, so mm -hmm. they formed the council, and so the students and the youth on the Youth Advisory Council can connect with the two councillors that are on that, and that way their message can get back to council, so the youth connect with the youth in the community, come back to council, say what the youth in the community are saying, and then count those two council members can take it back to the rest of council. Okay, the two council members, they're, they're like liaison. Is it rotating or is it two all the time? Uh, it's two. the same two for each term, oh, each four years. So right now we have Byron and Count, sorry, Councillor Stewart and Councillor Grimgrid. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. Uh, how do you get on the Youth Advisory Council? How does that work? Maybe you can tell us about that, Paul. Um, so I first heard about it this year okay. when Naomi uh, reached out to the student body council at the high school asking for help to hope to like help host this conference. Okay. So I was like, that sounds really cool. I'll do that. So yeah, the reason why I'm part of it is just to help out with the conference and to be more involved in my community. And like Naomi said, I want to be part of that bridge between the youths in our community and the council. Okay. Now, you mentioned student body. You're already sort of a politician at uh, Northeast <laughs> Secondary School. Sure, right? you can say that. <laughs> uh, so this is kind of a logical step for you. If you do it at school, then you, you, I mean, why wouldn't you want sort of the ear of power, as it were, in this community? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, is this like, uh, you're on student body, so is politics like an ambition of yours, or is this more of just like, you see it as service? Um, yeah, I see it more as, honestly, if I'm honest, I don't yeah. really like politics, but um, like just like helping out, that's what I love doing, so. Okay. Yeah, and being involved. Now, is there requirements for being on the council? Do you have to have X like, grades, or do you have to be this type of person, or is it anybody kind of is welcome to be on it? Everyone is, yeah. Okay. 13 to 18 years old. I see. Okay. Uh, how, how do you do it? Is, are you elected or do you just kind of volunteer for it? Just kind of volunteer, yeah. Okay. Is there a certain amount it has to be, like a size, or is it as big or as small as sort of the interest kind of fills in? We will take whoever wants to join. <laughs> That's wonderful. Uh, why do you think then, uh, given that you sort of have the ear of power, 
Why do you think youth voice is important to the municipal government? Because this is sort of a topic that comes up every once in a while. Lowering the voting age, for example. Mm -hmm. People have talked about maybe making it 16 uh, in provincial pol and, and federal politics for a while. I mean, that, that affects youth. Uh, you think youth need to have this voice? Why is it important? I just, I personally, I feel like youths really do need to be heard because, um, well, from my experience as a youth, it's like our voices aren't really being focused because it's like, oh, we're like, we're like young. It's like, we don't really know what we're talking about, but you know, most, most youths do. And mm -hmm. that's really the purpose of this conference, I guess, to like help the students be more like to stand up for them for their voices and to be heard and yeah okay now again I go back to student bodies so you're already kind of taking the temperature of mm -hmm. students of youth because of your role in that so do you feel like that's sort of your in a way you're sort of the like a, a an individual who speaks for yes people for you sure. go to school with and whatnot I mean for example, what are things that they're talking about? What's an important thing that maybe you feel like is being overlooked by uh, the council or, you know, the municipal government that you'd like to see uh, them hear about more? Is there sort of a topic or an issue that's important to them? Um, I would say, like, mental health yeah. for youth. That's a big thing. Um, I'm part of Student Voice, and I it's a, it's a like a provincial kind of thing conference for 50 students in mm -hmm. BC and mental health was a big topic that we covered last session and a uh, last conference I guess and that's I really think that that's a big part that that's a big thing that the like just adults and like the council needs to um, help us with because mental health doesn't really like it's it's a big thing but it's not really focused Okay. On, yeah, because it's just like, oh, everyone really deals with some sort of mental health, like mm -hmm. anxiety or like, you know, like stress. But it's crazy how it affects youths a lot because of school and other factors, like social factors and well, stuff. Which kind of sometimes yeah. gets forgotten in the stress mm -hmm. that adults feel and, yeah. and, and mental health issues of adults. I see what you're saying. All right, uh, switching gears, uh, and, and it's related, but you've got this great event that I, I, I don't understand exactly how it works. You're either hosting or you're sort of co-hosting next week. Is that correct? Uh, the youth uh, changing tomorrow? Yeah. Uh, what's, what's that event? What's that about? So the conference is, um, so we're partnering with a couple organizations, mm -hmm. businesses, yeah. So for example, we're partnering with Northern Lights College for the space, and we're partnering with Urban Systems Foundations for a session called Growing Our Own. Mm -hmm. And so our conference is basically like educating the students about opportunities and leadership and other important factors that affect us youths. So for example, we're also having a couple of sponsored speakers from M&P for financial literacy. Okay. And we have, um, we're partnering with Peace Hydro Partners for a panel about, um, what are we, like, they're, we're going to yeah. talk about your vision, 2020 yeah. vision. For mm -hmm. sure, yeah. And then we also have Student Voice, like my group, and we're going to be talking about, like, what Student Voice offers, and we're going to be talking about the topics that we learned like mental health mm -hmm. and leadership and what is student voice and we have engage sport north is sponsoring 
all youth matters. It's like, um, yeah, inclusion and yeah. I see. So kind of, well, it's going to cover a wide range of topics. Yeah. So it's just yeah. okay. Is it just for the day on the twenty seventh? I believe. Yes. Yeah, so it's see. basically like a school day, like okay. the hours. Okay. Yeah. I see. And again, I mean, how do you, if you want to go, if you're interested in going, how do you get involved? Do you have to register? Is it open to anybody, any youth, I should say? Yeah. Um, well, we reached out to a couple of schools, and okay. I'm assuming there's a Yeah, teacher. talk yeah. to your school principal. If you really want to get involved, talk to your school principal cause, or your leadership teacher. Mm -hmm. They've got the information and the links, and we still do have a couple of empty seats. Okay, so there is a few yeah. spots available if you're interested. Okay, uh, where can we go for more information about the con? Is there a website or? Uh, you could email community development at portstjohn.ca. Okay. All right, perfect. All right, I, I really, I really appreciate you guys stopping by today to talk about this, and uh, uh, I hope you have a good time at the conference. And thanks Thank so much for talking Thank to us today, guys. Thanks for your time. You're Thank very you so welcome. much. Uh, thanks again, Paul Ann Codilla of the Youth Advisory Council, and Naomi for stopping by. Uh, we'll be right back to wrap things up here on Moose Talks. One day only for you first. This is Moose Talks with Dub Craig on Moose FM. Our thanks again for Allison Noble, the president and CEO of the BC Games Society, for stopping by to talk to us about the history of the BC Games and all that. Uh, it's on right now and it's taking over everything in this town. If you want to see a schedule for the games and all the places they're happening and when they're happening, you can head over to uh, energeticcity.ca. We put up a nice story with the schedule in it there. Or you can go to bcwittergames.ca and find the schedule there as well. We also want to thank uh, Pollyann Cadilla from the Youth Advisory Council for stopping by. Uh, again, if you're interested in getting involved in the uh, Youth Changing Com Tomorrow Conference uh, coming up on the 27th, that's next Thursday, I believe, uh, talk to your leadership teacher, uh, get a hold of uh, the people at your school, uh, and... Uh, Hopefully you can get in on the few last seats for that. That does it for Moose Talks this week. Our thanks to Adam Rayburn for pushing the buttons on the other side. I'm Dub Craig. See you next time. Join us next Friday at 10 a.m. for another episode of Moose Talks, a weekly talk show about Fort St. John and the North Peace. Energetic Country. 100.1 Moose. Thanks for listening to this energeticcity.ca podcast. Energeticcity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to energeticcity.ca slash join.